take away anxiety. I declare an open heaven. There may not be an opportunity to encounter him like this. So when God releases a moment in time, you should apprehend it when it has been released. Do not wait until a later moment. Heaven come. Heaven come. I declare an open heaven. I declare an open heaven. Dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. I declare an I want you to take your seat softly. Continue to pray. It's under me so that my spirit can remain ascended in the kingdom realm of God. you just did. Kanamaya. Yeah, that is it. So we have been looking at the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Um I declare an open. Anamaleli <laughs> Aranas. You know, it's starting to. I declare an open. I'm telling you, it's not as easy as you would think it is when the glory of the Lord comes into a room to actually move ahead and do some things. That's why it's in Second Chronicles the priests could not minister because of the glory that had come in the temple. There are times in which when the glory of the Lord comes into a room it becomes difficult to navigate through what's happening. And the, uh, and the functionality of a priest really is that when a priest comes into a room, a priest ministers to the presence of the Lord. And when the presence of the Lord comes into a place, yours is not to be glorified in that presence that has come. When the presence of the Lord comes into a meeting as a priest, your functionality is to minister to that presence. Many people have needs and when they come into a meeting, they want their needs to be met. 
But when God comes into a meeting, he equally has needs. And we meet those needs by ministering to his presence. And that is why when the presence of the Lord comes into an atmosphere and an environment like this one, ours is not to be passive. Ours is to minister to the presence of the Lord. I've always said, sometimes it may feel difficult. Sometimes it may feel like you're pushing into it. But it is your responsibility to minister to the presence of the Lord. And as you're ministering to the presence of the Lord, what you then start to discover is that the overflow of your ministry to the presence of the Lord is then what starts to flow in the environment and then people start to get touched. Many times people often ask, how would you just sing a song? You probably don't even sing too well, but then the presence of the Lord starts to move in a meeting because my assignment is one. When the presence of the Lord comes into a room, I start to minister to that presence. I start to sing songs. I start to tell God how great he is. I start to tell him how wonderful he is. And as I'm ministering to that presence, the overflow of my ministry to that presence is then what you guys call ministering the power of God. And that is why you will discover that the functionality of the priest was never necessarily meant to minister to the people. The priest was to minister to God. And when the priest has effectively ministered to God, then the overflow of that ministry is what touches the people. Many times you go into a meeting, and I've not even started teaching. And many times you go into a meeting and you try and minister to the people, and it's so difficult. I've discovered the easiest way to do ministry is to allow God himself to minister to his people. We are at a place where the atmosphere is so charged that if we are to transition, it would just take one step. So we have been looking at the anointing. Let me try and go for it. And if God interrupts me somewhere, I'll probably follow his lead. We've been looking at the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I have been teaching on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I first started with teaching on what the anointing of the Holy Spirit is. Then I later moved on and I taught on the need for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Then when I was through talking about the need for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I went into the dimensions of the anointing, the believer's anointing, the ministry anointing, the corporate anointing. Then I think I talked about factors that limit the anointing. So I think we've been at this for some time now. I don't really know if this will be the last sermon on the anointing. There's still so much to cover. I know I said this is the last, last one in the series, but I'll see what God says in the course of the week. So this morning, um, and I give you permission to receive what God has for you. This morning we want to look at some limitations of the anointing because sometimes we feel 
that when one is anointed, there's no limitations whatsoever, but there are some limitations, and some of you have probably seen me post an article on this on my Facebook. But there are some limitations to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the earlier you understand these limitations, they may be similar to factors, but well, we'll see what I'll name it as when I upload the podcast. But we want to look at some of these limitations, things that may limit the anointing over one's life. And the earlier you understand these limitations, the better it becomes for you when it comes to ministry. So seeing this is a series and I've been building up and I've been teaching, I will not go into more foundational work on what the anointing really is. I'll kind of just like jump into point number one, point number two, point number three, and then I will conclude. Make sure your phone is on silent. Or in a mode that will not disturb the flow. So the first limitation of the anointing is the limitation of free will. The first limitation of the anointing is the limitation of free will. So in as much as God has called you and anointed you, it's very important for us to understand that the anointing has the limitation of free will. The anointing of God never bypasses the free will of man. The anointing of God never bypasses the free will of man. If things as important as salvation as a result of your decision, then the anointing is not an exception. In as much as God wants each and every one of us to be saved, in as much as God wants each and every one of us to be believers and to be committed, you will discover that in his desire to do that, he will still never force you. I've always said this, that God rendered heaven bankrupt and gave us Jesus, his only son. But the decision to be saved lies in your hands. So God has given man free will. All he would do is, he would tell you what his will for you is. You decide whether you move into it or not. So there's free will that can be a limitation to the anointing. And many people should understand this. As a minister, one should understand this. As a person receiving ministry, you should equally understand this, that there is a limitation of free will. The anointing of God, like I have said, will never bypass the free will of man. You cannot minister an anointing to someone if he or she does not desire it. You cannot minister an anointing to someone if he or she does not desire it. Many times I've gone to meetings and I felt it within my heart. I felt it that the anointing had come into a room. But until someone had made the decision to say that, I will receive and draw from this anointing no matter how much I wanted to minister to them. That anointing 
was limit, limited by free will. And that is why sometimes, some of you, it's not that you are not anointed. Sometimes it's just that there are certain people who've just decided, either by familiarity or whatever it is, have just decided that they will not receive from the anointing that you carry. Do you know that there are some people who come to a meeting and intentionally decide that I will not be ministered to? Haven't I constantly shared a story of that guy who, you know, when every time he was being prayed for, he would say, I'm not saying that's the main purpose of the anointing, but sometimes the anointing has those effects. And the reason why sometimes, let me just give you a side note rant. And the reason why sometimes you discover that God has to divinely interrupt man through experiences like getting slain, like falling under the power, or going into a trance or something, is because that man usually gets distracted. So you know what then God will do? He will divinely interrupt your distractions so that he can speak to you. There are certain things you will never hear from God until he divinely interrupts you. That is why sleep is a divine interruption. When he wanted to do something with Adam, he put him to sleep. Some of you, you discover it's not that God doesn't want to speak to you during the day. Sometimes he notices there's a lot of interruptions within your day. So he only speaks to you when you sleep by night. I told someone, um, one of the ways you want to know there's confusion within your heart. Ask God something. Then you realize how much confusion you have in your heart. Lord, should I? <laughs> Lord, should I? Should I be a businesswoman or a career person? And then you realize that there's so much confusion. And then after you spend hours and hours praying, and then you now hear God, God's voice and say, Ah, oh, God is saying I should be a business lady. Or I should be a career lady. And then now you develop theology and say, For God to speak to you, it takes five hours of prayer. No, it took five hours of prayer to silence the voices. The day you had asked God, God, what should I do? God responded. But you were not able to hear because there was a lot of confusion within your heart. And that is why when God is calling you to the depths of prayer, he's not calling you to the depths of prayer because it would take eight hours for him to speak. The easiest thing for the believer is hearing the voice of God. Right now you can ask God, God, what should I do about this? And you will speak. But sometimes because we are on earth, life will throw pressure at you. Situations will throw doubt at you. So to silence those there's a certain place you need to ascend to. And that is why there are certain instructions God will never give. I'm digressing, but we thank God seeing it's spirit-led. There are certain instructions God will never give certain people. 
until they've reached a certain height. That is why there are certain instructions that come only when the believer goes at the mountain. And I'm not talking about the physical mountain. I'm talking about the heights of the spirit where God can communicate and speak to you. Haven't you found it funny that sometimes God would meet Elijah and tell him, I want you to go to this mountain and there I will speak to you. If I was Elijah, I would respond, but God, you are speaking to me now. Why then don't you just tell me what you want to tell me? It's because there was a certain place he wanted him to get to before he could speak to him. We were talking about the anointing. Okay, so you cannot minister an anointing to someone if he or she does not desire it. And let us go to Matthew chapter number 10 and verses number 14 and 15. Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number 10. Firstly, in chapter number 10, let's read verse number 1, then we'll go to 14. In verses number 1, it reads, Jesus called his 12 disciples and to him, to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And sickness. Okay, then the 12 are, are mentioned. And in verse number 14, something is happening there. So now Jesus is giving them instructions after he's given them the power to heal the sick, to do all these things. Now in verse 14, he's giving them some instructions. Of course, he was giving them some instructions prior to that. But I'm looking at 14 as my main source of interest. And it reads, verse 14, If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. So he has given them the power. Says, if you go to a place and you are received well, let the shalom of the Lord rest upon that household. Let the peace of the Lord rest upon that household. But if you go to a certain household and you are not received, in other words, he's saying, when you go to a certain place in which people have not decided that they will receive from that which you carry, let the peace of the Lord rest upon that or dust your feet and leave that town. Why is he saying that? Jesus understands that even though I have given these people the anointing, the power to do all these things, I respect free will so much that I will not tell them to force the anointing on people. That is why if you carry something, you carry advice, you carry counsel, you can talk to someone, you can encourage someone, but if that someone has decided not to receive from you, don't force it. Don't say this anointing has no, it, does, it, has not, it doesn't have any regard for your will. I will minister it to you. I remember those days when out here a lot of young, young ministers, of course, we may probably still be young, but then younger. And they would say things like, <laughs> <laughs> B 
Because you think the anointing has to be forced. But if you understand this limitation, one of the things you learn to embrace is the word of God. Because when you learn to embrace the word of God, you will discover that there's sometimes you go into a meeting or sometimes I will come into a meeting and one of the easiest things for me, especially when I step to the front, is discernment. I can discern where people are pulling on what I'm carrying and I can discern when people aren't pulling on what I'm carrying. I can come close to someone and I felt the need to minister to them and move because I didn't feel that they were giving me permission. There are some, some times I'm ministering somewhere and you get close to someone and you can literally discern and say, do not, do not touch me. <laughs> I pray, don't just tell me, stand up. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> have you ever done that before? Well, I have. I have gone to meetings where I know the man of God is going to lift me. Close the gates of my heart. <laughs> but then sometimes you discover as the word is being preached, something about me resonates with the word he's preaching. And my heart opens up and I say, Lord, if your servant has got a word, <laughs> those are the times in which the word doesn't come. When your servant has, Lord, if your servant has a word, let him speak it to me. And I realized this with ministering to younger people and older people. The word of, I don't know, but the word of God is just so nice, just so powerful. There are certain, you see, there are certain places I have gone to. Like I've always told people, when you're dealing with young people, because young people are looking for an experience. So when you share more experiences, you tell them this and you tell them that, that is why you find a young person who will be in a meeting where this one will be saying, you know, I went to Germany, and after Germany, we left Germany, then we went to Canada. After finishing a meeting in Canada, we've got Saudi Arabia. Then after, a young person, hey, Lord, I'm <laughs> Because young people want an experience. But when you're dealing with older people, that's why when you, when you talk to older ministers, the, the fathers of the land, and you're telling them of how many people fall in your meetings, how many, they are not impressed. <laughs> Some of you, even your parents allowing you to come here, did they ask you, does he prophesy? And even if you say, yes, he does prophesy, or yes, he does this, yes, he does that, you will discover that it doesn't matter to them. Whether he can kick you and you fall under the power of God, whether he can just dance and everyone... No, 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 no. They don't care. They'll look at things like integrity. How mature is he? Can he bring out the word of God in a mature way? That's older people. Young people, I can come here and just say, okay, so I had this encounter and immediately, boom, we take off. You open up your heart and you say, Lord, I'm here. If the ministry needs to be given to me, I want to receive it. That's young people. The limitation of the will. So for young people, I know how to navigate through that. When you go to deal with young people, just challenge them in the area of experience. Teach the word of God. Challenge them in the area of experience. Ah, young people say, we are open. We open, we open. But when you deal with older people, it's a different thing altogether. There's one meeting I went to. Well, when I got there, the pastor that invited me was older than me, of course. But when I got there, you know where I found an older congregation, an older group. And I found them there. For you, there's someone worried about what's happening at home. Relax. Just listen to what I'm saying. Amen. So... 
I got there and it was like an older congregation and I get there and I they discover that this pastor that they were being told about, well of course I was not pastor then so you know it's just like sa cham. You know, because now people can't just call you cham because they feel it's disrespectful. So, so they have to find a prefix. So they say sa cham. So well I get to the meeting and I get to the front and everyone's Bibles, diaries closed. What is he going to tell us? So because I notice other people want to be challenged with the word. They want to know if he's going to teach on the anointing. How does the anointing apply in my ministry? How does the anointing apply in parenting? How does the anointing apply in my business? How does it apply in my career, in my family? They want you to challenge them with knowledge. They don't want to... They will close their Bibles. So, the first thing I said, today we are going to look at the administrative structure of the church in view of ecclesiology, which in that is church government. Yeah. Then I saw them looking at what was saying See people opening their doors. Then when I was done teaching, then I said, let us all stand. The Holy Ghost wants to come and take charge of his ecclesia, his church. Then now you see all the... <laughs> but it took the word to open them up. So the anointing is limited by free will. But as a minister of the gospel, you have to understand how to navigate. When you meet someone and they are wearing you, so I will challenge you. So sometimes when I notice, I descend that, the first thing I'll start with is I'll start with the power of God. Then you know, say, oh, quite not what I was saying. Okay, so that's the first part. The anointing is limited by free will. Okay, also as a minister, it's very important to understand the anointing will never override your willingness to move in it. When the anointing has been released over your life, it will never override your willingness to move in it. We're still talking about free will. The anointing will never override your willingness to move in it. When you say you have an anointing that at you, it doesn't, it doesn't allow you. <laughs> because, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, this, it's the anointing. No. There was a guy I knew, he would kiss ladies and say, ah, sorry, yeah, it was the anointing. I couldn't control it. The anointing I know never overrides your free will to move in it. If the prophetic action comes on me, it will never override my free will to move in it. If I decide not to speak, that anointing will not override my free will to move in it. If the healing anointing comes on me and God wants me to channel that healing anointing through the laying on of hands, that anointing will never override my free will to move in it. If you've got an anointing that overrides your free will, you need deliverance. Yes. There's, there's a guy I ministered to and they were saying they were anointed. I said, no, 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 these are demons. Yeah. Be 
because he would they would always disrupt meetings there would be a meeting like this one and start saying oh the anointing has come on me the anointing has come on me give me the microphone i want to speak in the microphone i have a word for the church i have a word for the congregation and the pastor not understanding what the anointing is sir the anointing is here give me the mic <laughs> So me, I told them, no, this is not the answer. No, sir, you're just not that. Because you see, sometimes when the, when, the, when the enemy, let me tell you this, when the enemy realizes your great desire for supernatural experiences, he will use your lack of knowledge or ignorance to the supernatural to give you a counterfeit of the supernatural. And that is why when you pursue encounters, Follow the process that encounters demand. Encounters without the word of God, you become a witch or a wizard. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is just telling me that I should stop reading the word. He will be communicating to me. <laughs> 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 if you don't follow kingdom protocol and you pursue encounters, you will have an encounter, but you will not like the encounter you have. Where was I? You guys keep digressing me. So anyway, the guy would always like grab the mic. I have a word. I have a word. There's something that I have. I said, this is not the anointing. I know the anointing. The anointing. There's a book called Who, Sh who Shut Off My Brain? Who switched off my brain, I think. The anointing will never override your ability to think. Of course, what many people refer to as, you know, like Catherine Kuhlman would probably say something like, you know, it's almost as though something took over me. But before that could happen, she had yielded to that anointing, allowing that anointing to use her like that. But before there's a yielding and the anointing is making you do things, it's not the anointing. So I said, this is, we need deliverance for this person. I said, no, no, pastor, you're not understanding the move of God. We've been praying for the move of God. Because the pastor really wanted to see some things happening. You know, have you ever been in a place where you're not seeing some action? You just want some action. And also, you're teaching, go off your mind, you're sick of it. Hey, is that the problem? Someone's laughing, someone's laughing at them. So he needed some action. And the enemy took advantage of that. So when we started praying, the guy said, ah! Then I said, ask Sachibwana. He was there. So in the name of Jesus, I command you, come out! <laughs> ah, it wasn't the anointing. <laughs> yes, because the anointing will never override your free will. When God pours out an anointing on you, you will sense it quite alright. You will feel a strong edge to move into something. But you will have to make the decision. Amen. Amen. So if you are saying there's an anointing that comes on you, and when that anointing comes on you, you're not able to even think for yourself, meet me afterwards. <laughs> Amen. Okay, let us go to the second limitation. The anointing, so that's the, the, the first limitation, which is uh, free will. 
Okay, so sometimes when people have not opened themselves up to the anointing, uh, the anointing will be limited by that. Or when you have not opened yourself up to move in the anointing that has come, the anointing will be limited by that. So it's important to understand that in as much as God is pouring out an anointing on you, and the reason I'm teaching you this is to help you know some of the things that you may encounter in ministry, and also when the anointing comes on you, you should know that you're supposed to make a move. Amen. Okay, so number two, the anointing could be limited by calling and office. Let us go to 1 Samuel chapter number 13 and verses 11. 1 Samuel chapter number 13 and verses 11. 1 Samuel 13 and verses 11. 1 Samuel 13 and verses number 11. Okay. And I want to pick it up from there, but the context is that uh, Saul was to wait until um, Samuel had come and to guide them on how they were going to offer sacrifices, how they were going to do it. But then Saul got impatient. And in verse 11, when, when Samuel comes, he asked Saul, because he had offered sacrifice, What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I've not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Verse 13, Samuel says, you have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command of the Lord, the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, you would have established your kingdom over Israel for all the time. So now what is happening here in the Old Testament, there were different types of anointings. There was the prophetic anointing, there was the kingly anointing, and there was the priestly anointing. We are so happy that in the New Testament you can be uh, a royal priesthood. So you could carry a kingly anointing and you could carry a priestly anointing. But in the olden days, it's either you were carrying uh, a priestly anointing, which usually sometimes would be coupled with a prophetic anointing, or you would be carrying a kingly anointing. So it's either a priestly anointing, a kingly anointing, or a prophetic anointing. Now, you discover then that the prophets were supposed to do certain things. The kings were supposed to do certain things. Okay? That is why kings would declare things and things would be established. Where the word of the king is, there is power. The priests would then represent the people. They would minister before the presence of the Lord. They would offer sacrifices. Those were the duties of the priests. But then Samuel, who was carrying a kingly anointing, decided then, because he was impatient, he decided to then move into priestly duties. And he offered sacrifices. And when Samuel came, he said, you have done a foolish thing. And it ruined everything for him. God was not upset with Samuel because he offered sacrifices. God was upset with Samuel, with, with Saul rather, because he had gone into a calling and an office that he was not supposed to go into. There are many people who have lost the anointing God gave them in the first place because they have been trying to move in the core in which God did not give. The power to flow in the anointing is found under the premises of the calling that God has for you. If God has called you to teach, teach. If God has called you to prophesy, prophesy. But you ought to know that the anointing could be limited by calling. 
could receive a few prophetic words, but I know people who are prophetic. It's it's what they do. It's 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 almost that's how they that's how they move. They can come to the front and start hearing things. That's their prophetic ability. It's the calling and the office God has given them. Then there are people like me who God has also graced in the area of being a bridge between heaven and earth. When I come to the front, one of the first things I want to do is merge two realms together. There are people who I look up to and say, Lord, if I just wish, I, they, can, they can come to the front and start telling you things. You even start to wonder. Things you even maybe may have forgotten. You, the challenge you have is so, 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 so. You, your, your issues. Sometimes you look at them and you're in awe and in wonder. It's like, Lord. Okay. A fraction thing. Elimination of my birthday. <laughs> I don't want to know intricate things like phone numbers and account numbers. Just, just give me a fraction. But then you discover, when you interact with them, you discover, for them, they are also just asking. There's a man of God who I looked up to. He flows in such a prophetic anointing. When he starts to prophesy, he will go into a restaurant and he will start to tell the people at the restaurant things. You, what, 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 you, like, you go to somewhere like Hungry Lion. We are there at the counter. Starts to talk to a lady saying, Literally, you will be passing through um, what, what do you call this? Targets. And as he's paying, he starts to prophesy to the guy there. Ah, Murishani Banani. No name tag. I said, Lord. <laughs> and then I said to talk to him. I mean, he called me and he said, I want us to talk and I want us to meet and we met. And he said, you know, I've been looking up to you. What? <laughs> I prophesy, but one thing I would just love is to move the way you move. When I come, the presence of God is flowing. <laughs> but you see that of course, through impartation and through the divine grace of God, God could actually pour something on you and you could move outside your calling, especially when there's need. That is why in the Corinthian church, he tells them, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. He didn't mean the prophetic was the most important gift, but in that particular time, they needed prophetic order. So he's telling them earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may move in the prophetic because that is the gifting that is currently needed at the church in Corinth. So if you go to any other church that may need healing, he will say earnestly desire giftings, spiritual gifts, especially that you may move in healing. Why? Because that's the gifting that is required. Sometimes God will allow you to move outside your office because there's a demand from the people that you are called minister to. There are times I've found myself of course I do see a lot of things, of course I do move in the prophetic as a believer but there are people who move in the prophetic as a calling, an office. So sometimes when God realizes that the church need prophetic direction, so God then allows me to move into a stream of the prophetic that is called leadership. That is a stream of the prophetic where God starts to speak to a leader concerning 
the people that he's leading. Not necessarily that the pastor is a prophet, but he knows certain things about you because he's supposed to lead you. But primarily, it's important to understand that there are these limitations of calling an office. And sometimes people can get so excited because you see that the thing that is trending now is the prophetic. The thing that is trending now is to do this. So because you notice, you don't understand what God has placed in you. You don't understand how valuable it is. Some of you, if only you realize that even the thing to do with encouragement is such a big gift. Do you know as a pastor, I can prophesy, I can move in power and you fall under the power and you're still discouraged. And I'll still be crying, Lord, give me the gift to encourage. It's a powerful gift. If God has put you in that field, do it well. If God has given you the gift to counsel people, do it well. If yours is to deal with relationships, do, there's confusion in relationships, God. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you see there, there is a place where <laughs> that's why sometimes when I find people who are so graced to deal with things like relationships, to deal, I, I'm so happy. Sometimes when someone comes with me with relationship issues, go and talk to that one. Me, my own, my strength is equipping. That's my strength. And when I talk to Grace, her strength is teaching people, bringing them into a place of purity, holiness. Me, when you come to me with those problems, <laughs> I don't want to say I don't have time, but <laughs> I, 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 you, because you see, that's the, God has placed me in a place where I'm equipping people. So you'll find that I will help you, but it will not be my cup of tea. It will not be something I would do easily, but there are people who will do it effortlessly. you are done with dealing with should I listen to this music or not, is kissing right or wrong, when you have settled all those things that side, then now you come into the kingdom and then you meet me and then I tell you now, let me show you how to explore I have understood my calling and office then there are people who for them the, the deliverance is their thing It doesn't mean they can't move in those other areas, but if they move in the area God has given them, more often than not, they will have breakthrough. There are friends I know who they will call you in the morning and say, Boy, thing I deliver. I to to the fire and deliverance. deliverance. Today I just want to punish demons. There are people like that. Then there are those who just don't even like demons at all. Before I, 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 mean, I remember we were at um, the Glory Conference in Dollar, and something happens there. And we're ministering, and I'm ministering the power of God. And you see, sometimes when you minister the glory of the Lord, you discover that some things that help people bound cannot stay in the same place because lightness, light and darkness cannot be in one place. So sometimes you're ministering in the glory of the Lord and the glory of the Lord comes into a meeting and when that glory comes into a meeting, those things start to manifest and, you know, react. And I was so shocked. I was, come awaken my heart. And I'm singing and I'm enjoying the praise of God. Ah! I'm like, hey! I was... <laughs> I remember we were with, um, I don't know who was there and then, but 
think someone so I was there and another person who loved deliverance. And I almost looked like I was looking, I was ministering and they were just hoping I don't say come out and that thing leaves the bed. They were just waiting for me to give the instruction. And I said, man of God, handle that issue. And he said, but, 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 and I just said, come out, come out, come out. Bamba no humule tamkat. My canopy. We can continue. Calling. They are not, you see, the problem is people are trying to move into things that God has not called them into. Appreciate the thing. If you understand the extent to which God has called you, you will realize that even simple things like encouragement are important. <laughs> Come awake in my heart. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. A believer ought to be faithful in the calling and the office which God has entrusted in them. Now, you find that sometimes these things will shift, will change based on season sometimes. Sometimes in this season, God will be allowing you to move in a strange dimension of the prophetic. Sometimes God will be calling you to move in a different area. Sometimes God in this season will be allowing you to do certain things. It's the calling and the office that may be tied to season and also need for the people at that particular point in time. But whatever season that the Lord is calling you into at that particular time, you ought to be faithful. Be faithful. Do you know how hard it is for me to listen to someone speak for an hour telling me how it started from 95? Pastor, this thing started in 1995. From then on, problem in Pastor Loyambi. For me, I'm more of a... If it's at a conference, I just want... You come to me, one of the first things I want to say, what's, what's the challenge? Okay, it doesn't matter where it started from. What do you want? No, I want God to heal me. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Then you have people like Grace. If you follow her and she's ministering somewhere, better be prepared to wait. Sometimes I'll get so hungry and she's so calm and she'll be listening to you speak and, oh, mommy, so this is what happened. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's, a, it's truly a grace. <laughs> Appreciate the thing God has given. Amen. Amen. You'll be effective. God gives us different designations in the kingdom, different assignments in the kingdom. But at the end of the day, we are all glorifying the king. We all have one assignment, but we have different designations. The thing that you are doing here on the earth is just expressing or giving expression to the calling and the assignment that God has given you. That is why some of you will be shocked when you get to heaven, and I don't mean when you die. When you get to <laughs> Some of you, I mean, many people think you have to die for you to encounter heaven. No. To wait for death to experience Heaven is to put faith in death being the access point to heaven. When in actual sense, the way to the Father is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody goes to the Father except through me. That way is open even now. 
Some of you will be shocked. You will get to heaven and you will be taught certain things. One of the times I got there and I was talking to the man of, not him, him is he's innocent, but he knows um, the man of God, Loti. And I was talking to him and I was, I was saying, there was one time I had this encounter and I get to heaven and I get there and it seems the angels there are asking me, who are you? And I answer by what I feel I do on the earth. No, I do this, and I remember with my book sometimes, see, I do this, and sha, 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 and they are all chuckling and laughing, and I'm wondering, why are they laughing? I said, no, that's your definition on earth. According to here, who are you? Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you, prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was ordained before he even came to earth. There was a heavenly ordination you were given. And then you were dispatched to the earth. So if you are an engineer, your engineering is giving expression to your heavenly assignment. If you are a doctor, what you are doing there is giving expression to your heavenly assignment. That is why you will be shocked. Some of you, you will get to heaven and you will be thinking you are a timid man. And you get there and you are told, mighty man of valor, welcome. When your scroll is unraveled, some of you will be shocked. You will get to a place where you will be taught. The battle axe of God on the earth has come. And yet you lived your entire life as a timid man when you were supposed to bring down strongholds, principalities, powers, systems that are shutting down nations. You had the assignment and the authority to move in that dimension. And we we'll pray that God will your heavenly ordinations. Amen. Rahan ala maharolokoskile mahanduli elelea. Larondias kamanoske prendelele askia tondoria la mahura la kaskampra dadia. Sheprele menduski afanamaya. Ilalo korea. Shanamakule le mandura lava shataya. Izekene mandulia sarababosh kataya. May we never live a life that is void of the knowledge of the calling and the assignment that you've placed over our lives. Father, we are tired of scampering around. When the prophetic comes in to move, we want to flow into it. When this comes, we want to move into it. We are tired of moving by the standard of the earth. We want to know what is the heavenly assignment that you have given Rando lokora dele ashala barodesh kamandoro ko sinama inema kalamando kora di ashala barakotea. Some of you in here, you may be even wondering because the Lord has spoken to you that you, your assignment is that you are a kingdom financer who brings heaven's agenda to a fulfillment through your resources. Now the problem is that you are looking at who you are here on earth and you're looking at your bank account. No, 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 no. Begin to look at your heavenly ordination. Almighty oh, man of Father, when he thought everything was failing, he was being called a mighty man of Valor. What is heaven saying about you? What is heaven saying about you right now? Karabadosh karandeleanda la mahura la ria Elemaroko shalamandea la makora babosha 
called you as an instrument. The Lord is saying, I have called you to someone right now and it will resonate within your spirit. You will feel it. I have called you as an instrument to bring excellence in the kingdom. For you every time you are moved when things aren't excellent. The Lord is saying that's your divine assignment to bring excellence to kingdom work. Father, let the encouragers and the counselors arise. Men and women who encourage kings and queens that you will give them such a glib time that they will speak the counsel of heaven. The counsel of heaven! Silence if you can close your eyes now. I hear the Lord telling me that I'm giving someone a glib tongue. And what that means is that he's giving you a steady flow of words. You will string words with such creative ability that when you speak them to people, it's almost as though deliverance will start to happen just as you are talking. God will instill in you the right words. Right now, I pray for an activation. May there be a loosening of the tongue. And Lord, confirm it. In the name of Jesus, Larama Kuleli Endele Korala Safanelea Plarandele Keshkorodo Silemaleka Lamandea. The Lord is raising warriors, and I see warring Makalabaka Shata garments being released. Warring garments being released. Warring garments, Lekarabasha. You war against demonic systems of the day. Elemalakaya Shelebarabakosh. Okay, so the, the third thing that the anointing could be limited to is character. Under this, it is important to understand that God can sometimes limit the flow of one's anointing to their character. Some anointings may place a demand on a timid man to be bold. Can, can you tell that girl to stand, the one behind Gela? Yeah. It's Oh, I'm waiting. 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 I'm wai
I declare an open heaven. That is why some of you need to join the ushering team. We need manpower there. <laughs> Just watch over Silo. Oh, Yes, Lord. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay what is happening with you. Okay, so under character, sometimes God will call a timid man and make them bold. Sometimes God will call a loud person. This is something we... Okay, just pray in the spirit for just five seconds or minutes or so. Just pray in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit. When, when the energy of God is strong in a room, sometimes it's very difficult to contain it. Shut up. 
Lord, give me an anointing to help me in my career. Give me an anointing to help me in my family, in my business, and in my ministry. I want to hear you crying out to the Lord. Praying after me, say Heavenly Father. Say Heavenly Father. Say Heavenly Father. Anoint me afresh. Anoint me afresh. In the name of Jesus, pray that prayer. Anoint me afresh, Heavenly Father. with your anointing. Lord, we acknowledge this is not Cham Chilombo's doings. This is not Godwin's doings. 
not the congregation's doings. This is your grace at work. We acknowledge that this is you who's come through and honored us with your presence and power. Father, we vow to give you the glory. We vow to give you the honor. Lord, as you'll be pouring out anointings on people, Father, cultivate a culture and a heart of humility within our hearts. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.